or listening to Keith Kodak breathing. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm sitting here. Uh, first, I didn't know you were recording. I'm, I'm responding to a buddy of ours who was asking me if I uh, had something uh, uh, that I could grab at one of my demo sites. And oh. I was just like, oh, well, maybe. I'll let you know if I do. So. Nice. But, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah. So, so there's that. <laughs> I, I might keep that. That's really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm having fun with this, man. I don't care. Oh, geez. All right. Well, how about we talk about some truck stuff today? All right. Let's do it. It's time to hit the trail. Lock in those hubs and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So, John, um, you have never been married. Nope, not yet. Never... I mean, not to put you on the spot, never been in this big long-term relationship or anything. Nope. I freely admit that. Everybody knows that. Okay. Sad and depressing truth. So, you have not had the pleasure, the utter, utter pleasure of many times in your life being told you're right, have you? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) What? Nope. Yeah, well, that's the thing is because, you know, when you're married or you're uh, in a relationship... You're always wrong. You're just, you know, you're always wrong. Oh, I know that. You know. I've never been in one, but, but I then, know that. <laughs> but then you don't get that pleasure, even when you are right as a single person. You're just like, oh, well, I was right about something, whatever, you know? Yeah. But I do have, since you and I, so I'm the closest thing you have to a long-term relationship. Um, the uh, no, there's, there's a couple others. Uh, oh, well, I'm, <clears throat> okay, glad to be that I'm part of your harem. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, the Sultan of John here. <laughs> but, uh, I got my posse, yo. Exactly. <laughs> I, I do have to tell you that I did finally discover, and it took some digging, that you were kind of right about something. You weren't fully right. You were kind of right about something that you have brought up multiple times on this podcast. And I've always been like, eh, no, you're you're just, no. Oh. And you were actually... You, you've seen the side of the bar pin eliminators. No. You can't think of what I'm talking about? I'm not going to bring those up. Man. No, you're not. That is PTSD. You know, no. Um, <laughs> You don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. Every time we talk about ZJs. The AX-15 variants that were rarely available. No, we all know. That's fact. That's history. <laughs> I got Axles. Oh, front 44. Okay. So you were kind of right. Okay. It was not in the ZJ. It was in the XJ. Okay. And it was not Canada, which you keep telling me it was Canada. I didn't know when and where it was from. I just knew you just it like made up something. One of them. Okay, yeah. So the Dana Forty Four front was available in very, very, very small numbers. <laughs> not exactly sure which production years, but there are Chrysler part numbers for it, oh, and you can nice. still order them from Chrysler if you have oh, the right awesome. connections. Nice in South America. <laughs> Certain oh, sounds like shipping is gonna be expensive. Certain towing capacities in the Jeep huh. XJ series, you could get a Dana Forty Four front, and it was actually the predecessor to the first generation Rubicon front. Oh, nice! It was a Dana Forty Four with thirty outers, but hmm. it was basically the same axle, 
Except yeah. unlike the Rubicon 44, which had the locker available, this was an open differential. Hmm. But it was a Dana 44 front, and for some reason, they figured that they needed just a little bit beefier axle for... Huh. So how in the world did this come out? What do you mean, how did, how did this come out? How did you get on the track to find out about that? Because I was going down several rabbit holes regarding ah. the <laughs> Jeep MJ Comanche when I was doing okay. the article for the uh, Dispatcher oh, right. magazine. And I was going down different things and different things and different things, and I was looking up rare MJ options and things like that, and I actually started kind of going off into some XJ stuff for a minute and then got <laughs> As into... One does. There was a guy somewhere. Uh, I don't even remember what forum it was. It was a really old post, and he mentioned how he had gotten a dealer to order him a South American Rubicon... Or not Rubicon. South American 44 front from an <laughs> XJ to put into his MJ build. Nice. So then I started looking at it, and I'm like, what is this guy talking about? Sure enough, huh. uh, for several years, um, not exactly sure which years, it does look like it was mid-90s, in South America, you could get a Dana 44 front nice. um, in a uh, Jeep XJ. I imagine that's going to be real hard to track one of those down. I, I don't know. Now, oh, I, I didn't happen to write down part numbers or anything yeah. like that. He did, I think in one of his posts he mentioned it. But um, so what I started to figure out, so it was available in the XJ series. You would think theoretically it would also have been available in the MJ because the MJ used all the front end parts. Yeah. Um, so I'd really like to see that if anybody would. I could not find one, could not find an example of it online anywhere. Yeah. Digging, 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 digging. Um, and, but it, it may have existed, but the <laughs> XJs did. The XJs had a quasi Rubicon 44 front non locker. Hmm. in in them nice and so it's kind of a rare option so yeah. I, I just i wanted to actually tell you a couple episodes ago and i forgot about huh. it and uh, good. <laughs> but uh you just haven't been right about something very often you know so i'm just joking oh <laughs> mm. well, good it's all well good. <laughs> do you think we should tell the people about uh my new project that's going to be rolling in here very shortly yeah yeah well, all right <laughs> All right, people, you can find it later. <laughs> so check us out on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. That was a great show, folks. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> no, uh, um, uh, Project Excursion is probably no longer a project. We're going to see. Uh, she's just getting so rough around the edges. Mm. And trans is slipping and leaking oil like crazy. And the body gets rougher every year. And it's going to be time to replace it or fully rebuild it of course if i fully rebuild it i do not have something else to drive for work every single what about day the 55 well i mean i could drive the 55 like every four day. cars out there i do but nothing is like <laughs> a heavy duty work truck except for the excursion true so true. um you know i've been looking for several months now uh at a crew cab long bed truck um i'm pretty picky on this i want a crew four-door eight-foot bed truck uh, with a uh, four-wheel drive, but I do not want a dually. And this sounds like perfect truck to me. What's that? The being that picky about it—that's not picky. That's just awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's really what I need for what yeah. I'm doing. I don't need a dually. I don't haul that heavy in the bed. Um, I really don't need a dually. I don't want the extra tires, the extra maintenance, the extra so width. Get a dually and just put one of those really fat rear tires on. I'm gonna do racing that. slicks. Um, I could. I could that do that. Would be kind of cool. I've seen it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so I'm looking at all these these trucks, and right now, the truck market, because of the ch computer chip shortage, with 
Ford and GM, and I guess it's even affecting Toyota now too. Yeah. Um, you know, use the used truck market. Uh, and that's something else. I pretty much have to go diesel because I drive so oh, many miles. Damn. <laughs> I know. I, I just drive so many miles yeah. that unless I got, which they didn't put that particular set of options, at least not commonly. I don't think at all in like a, um, well, they, you could have got a 2500 series Chevy with it with a six liter gas in it. Still kind of hard to find. Yeah. Um, not a real common truck. Usually when you get to that size, they're diesels or they're big V8s. And, um, you know the big V10 Fords and the and the big V8 Chevys that are a couple of years old and stuff. You're talking stuff that's getting six, seven, ten miles a gallon. If you're lucky, you know. Yeah, exactly. Downhill so, with a tailwind. Exactly. Yeah. So I still got to be diesel. Uh, and so I've been looking at all these different trucks, and I've I'm I was actually starting to think, you know, because I really want to pay cash for something. I says I'm, I'm thinking probably. Uh, I know a guy in Detroit. I mean, well, there's that. You know. <laughs> So I was thinking either something really old. I went out. In fact, I looked at a 96 uh, um, Chevy uh, diesel that uh, was a crew cab, eight-foot bed. And fortunately, the guy had spent, he was the original owner, only had 90,000 miles on it. Uh, but it had spent his entire life parked right next to his boat dock on his lake. Uh-oh. And uh, it was, the entire driver's side had at least two foot of rust all the way up oh, it. Oh, bummer. I was like, the passenger side looked great. Yeah. I was like, mm, nope, not doing this. So I've been looking around, looking around. Well, um, the stars aligning <laughs> as they may be. Um, my parents' company uh, had some work trucks. They had a, I believe it's a 96 Dodge P-Pump Cummins 12-valve two-wheel drive truck. A lot of miles on it, but still runs great. Blew yeah. the trans, and it's got some pretty bad frame rust, so they decided we're retiring this one. So that truck's sitting there and with a decent Cummins motor in it. Yeah. Only got a half a million or so miles on it. Uh, it's just barely broken. Exactly. And then a couple weeks ago, uh, their new truck they had bought for the company, quote-unquote new, um, was a 2008 uh, F-350 uh from down south that hmm. was crew cab eight foot bed two-wheel drive so you got the the big super 60 front in it for you know it's a four-wheel drive it's the work truck model so it's even got crank windows nice and vinyl floors vinyl seats nice. and all that um but still has air conditioning and Excellent. uh but the 6.4 diesel uh crap the can um it blew the head gaskets the oil cooler it huh, still runs that. yeah exactly <laughs> it still runs good but it's just pouring oil and smoking all these these funny things so I made a deal, package deal for the pair of trucks. Uh, they gave me a pretty good deal on the pair of them. I'm going to be bringing them over here. And the plan is to pull the 12 valve out of the uh, 96 truck. Probably regasket the motor while I have it out. Might as clean, well. Clean it up, regasket yeah. it. Power wash with some purple power. Yep, exactly. And then drop it into the 08 nice. Ford. Um, obviously, that's a swap that's been done. Hundreds, if not thousands, of times at this point. There's companies like Diesel Conversion Specialists, and there's D-Stroked, and there's other ones out there. I think Farmstrong. You I'm have not... to get the valve covers, the Fummins valve cover. That's for the 24 valve. All oh, right, right. This right. is the 12 valve. This got right. individual. The better, the better engine. Yeah, exactly. So the... you get each one with like two. Letters it's actually in. the best engine, 12 valve P-Pump. Yeah, so absolutely. Runs off of three wires. You can run it off used motor oil. I mean, we, I remember you doing that. That's what we're doing one. with this one too. Yeah, you know? nice. So, um, but, uh, so, uh, you know, it'll go in there just fine. And uh, now my big option here, and maybe you can tell me what your thoughts would be here. And I think I already pre-told. Manual. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> well, that was the thing. So 
This was my thinking on it. The 5R110 automatic, the 5-speed automatic that's in the Fords, is actually one of Ford's best transmissions they've ever used. It's a very stout transmission, very few problems. Um, the adapter kit, by the time you buy the adapter plate to the 5R110, um, the standalone harness, or at least have it reflashed by diesel conversion specialists, I guess you can still run the original harness. There's some things you got to do. You're pretty much talking to get the engine and transmission to talk to each other about two grand. Now, not mm. a ton of money, but it's still a significant amount of money. Um, I really wanted to go stick because I haven't had a big manual truck in a while. But the problem is with the Ford Super Duty series, the floor trans tunnel um, sits really high on the manual transmission models and it sits kind of low on the automatics now most of them are automatics yeah um so if the guys that swap to the zf6 because it's a really tall transmission they have to cut out the floor weld a new floor and this is all stuff i can do you know yeah. that i can fab up a new trans tunnel but it's like uh, i really i want something that's a little simpler so i called our boy chad down at quick draw brand mm -hmm. i remember you and i true down there a little while ago and he had um a g56 six speed yeah Sitting on the shelf. Now, as we've talked about in one of the previous shows, I was one of the first people, I was I was one of the first to ever swap a G56 uh, Dodge 6-speed behind a 12-valve, and I w was the first to document it. Nice. And I still get calls today, and there's companies that offer basically conversion packages built off of the information that I put out that's awesome. open source to the world and nice. said, this is how you do it. So nice. that's what they're doing. And, and you know, maybe I should have done the same. But, eh, you know, whatever. It's I'm happy that people are yeah. doing this. But I saw this G56 sitting there. It's got a hole in the side of the block uh, from the fi little fire thing. JB weld it. I'm thinking we just weld an aluminum patch on it. Yeah, it's easy. And uh, he gave me a just smoking, smoking deal on the transmission. Mm -hmm. He basically said, listen, Keith, this is what I got into it. Just take it for this and, you know, I can get out of here. So Chad really, really hooked me up there. Big, big shout out to Chad at Quick Draw Brand. He does... Keep in mind, folks, you know, I know we don't do the advertisements on the show anymore, and we haven't talked to Chad in a while, but he's still a friend of ours. Yeah, we got to get him on here. We, we do. Yeah. And, um, but um, Chad does all the adapter bell housings and the adapter plates and things like that to put your diesel engine or your gas engine, whatever, in front of whatever transmission you do. He's got, he's one of the most comprehensive uh, platforms out there. He's got just a ton of conversion bell mm -hmm. housings today. And of course, we've known Chad since before he was even in the business. So no. I mean, this goes well, way. Have. <laughs> I have, and um, but he still does his old business, which uh, Chad McKinney LLC, where he sells used diesel engines. And still need a blower for four seventy one and a HX thirty five W turbo. He probably has those. You'll have to talk to him. <laughs> and uh, he sells used uh, heavy duty transmissions and things like that. So if you're looking for a used. Um, you know, like a 7.3 or a Cummins or a DT-466 or, you know, maybe a Clark or a Spicer transmission, that's his other business. So he sells those type of things. And um, so he really hooked me up there, Chad, a quick draw nice. brand for, you know, like I said, good price in that. So now I've got that thing coming. And um, the input gear is less than $100 to bolt the G56 to the Ford transfer case. The, the Ford transfer mm -hmm. case is stronger than the Dodge version 271. So... Essentially, I'm going bumper to bumper bulletproof parts, and hopefully, I can build myself a truck that I, is going I still to last. Don't hear where the question is here. Well, the question was whether I go automatic or manual. The price is about the same for me in this in this deal. If I had to, it would be cheaper if I didn't get a smoking deal on the trans. Mm -hmm. It would have been far cheaper for me to run the automatic, 
Because okay. the last G56 I bought cost me like $3,800 just for the Ooh. transmission. But mind you, they had just come out. I was yeah, I was I, talking a brand new transmission. I remember that. I remember when you did that and how you found that one. Was it like uh, Oregon or something Yeah, something like, like that. that. Oregon yeah. or South Dakota or whatever. And yeah. it only had like, I don't know, 14,000 miles on <laughs> yeah. it. And like I said, that was right when the G56 oh, came yeah. out. And yeah. I was one of the first people to convert one behind a 12 valve. Yeah. So... Now that Chad gave me, I'm not going to say his prices because I don't want him to, um, I might publicize it later, but, um, you know, I don't want people to think they're going to get those that deal from him all day long. Of course, I bought the only G56 he had. He had you one. bought one, in all fairness, it did have a hole in it. It had a hole in it. <laughs> so you got to do some work to it. All right. Fair enough. All so, right. So I'll yeah. say he, he, he charged me 350 bucks for it. Well, that's nothing. Exactly. <laughs> so for good, no shifter with a hole in the side of it. So yeah. I've got I've to get the hole fixed and then put a, buy a shifter for it. But, um, See, if you didn't know how to aluminum weld, by the time you pay somebody to repair that, boom, you're at retail. <laughs> I do know how to aluminum weld, and I, but I'm still going to... Well, no, hi- that was my point. If you did not know how to aluminum weld, if you were to pay somebody to repair that... I'm still going to pay someone to repair it, probably, because I don't have an aluminum welder anymore. Yeah. Do you? What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do this without screwing it up? It's cast. I've never... Have I welded cast aluminum? Yeah, I, I might take it down to Prima Welding Services down there on 12 Mile. They mm-hmm. fixed a couple of rims for me years ago, and they were, just, I think it was like 30 bucks or something. Yeah, they're, they're, I haven't even tested my welder out yet. I still haven't made the final hookup in the uh, house. So. I, I'll probably, that's, honestly, Prima did such a great yeah. job years ago. I'm probably just going to go over there and be like, here's my transmission, patch it up for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Chad said, it's in a spot that's not structural anyway, so I yeah. probably don't even have to. I'm just going to do it out of peace of mind. Yeah. Um, and keep dust and dirt out of it and stuff. Duct tape. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, but like I said, I so I've got the cheap trans. I believe I'm gonna have to go check through my parts pile. I believe I still have one Super Duty manual clutch pedal assembly mm-hmm. around. If not, you can buy a brand new cl- uh, Super Duty clutch pedal assembly for 150 bucks in Rock Auto or oh, less. That's nothing. That's I wouldn't even consider that at that point with what you're putting into it. Exactly. But the G56 sits shorter than the ZF6, yeah. the Ford version trans. The guys that do common swaps in the Super Duties and then put the NV4500 behind them, which is a number of guys have done that, say that it clears the floor just fine on the automatic floor pan. Let me ask you this. So are you going to lift this at all? Lift the truck or body lift or, or just suspension lift? Either. Well, I'm not going to body Even lift any... No, good call. But, I mean, in, in either case, are you going to do anything for more... Just overall more clearance for the swap. I, I am well. Not see that the lifting wouldn't give me any more clearance. The engine well, trans goes. Yeah, you don't the need body to, would. You don't need to lift yeah. it at all for that. Um, well, all I was gonna say is, is if you're doing that, you could use uh, like a trans mount lowering, lower that mount a bit, which would be better for your driveline angle and give you that extra clearance. Well, yeah, my I don't think I need to because what I was gonna say is when I did the NV because the the '97 Dodge that I documented the first or one of the first G56 behind a 12-valve yeah. swap, that was originally MV4500 truck. Pulled the MV4500 gotcha. out. <clears throat> I had a bunch of guys tell me, including the first guy that, because there was one guy before me that had done the swap, his write-up was not really a write-up. It was like literally like, here's what I did. I bolted it in. Here's the parts I used, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had reached out to him. He was kind of standoffish. He told me I was going to have to sledgehammer the hell out of the floor pan to get it to fit. <laughs> he was wrong. Yeah. The G56 fit under the... It just fit. But what I had to do, I think the reason he had to sledgehammer it is he didn't tilt the motor back. I put a cherry uh... bicker on the front of the motor 
yeah. tilted the motor back just a little bit. I had to undo the. Actually, that was something I didn't know, and I learned later. I had to undo the turbo boots and the mm. or the intercooler boots because I tilted it back so far I'd popped them off. <laughs> so when I fired it up, I'm like, I got no power. What's going on? Well, I had popped off the nice. So any anyway, so you take off those. You can rock the motor back far enough, get the trans in there, then jack it up. And I still had it didn't rub on the floor. I still had maybe half an inch, you know, three quarters nice. of an inch clearance. So I'm thinking that since the NV4500 does fit under the automatic floor pan in the That's Super Duty, pretty damn close. Thinking I might be able to run the automatic floor pan and not have cut the floor at all. Let me ask you this: besides the badass factor of the stick with that massively awesome swap, how much is that Ford transmission worth? Oh, selling the five R100, yeah, or five R110. Um, I don't know. I had one um, in a in a F three fifty. I bought a couple of years ago that I parted out. That was that it already had been parted out, and I finished parting it out. Essentially, I bought it for a few parts I needed. Yeah. Um, but uh, that trans had heavy, heavy corrosion um, on the drive shaft, or, or the not the drive shaft, the the flange that went to the transfer case, um, and it ended up actually um, breaking part of the tail housing off the back mm. of it and i never saw the trans operate so i had to sell it with you know i was told that the truck was a running driving truck that they had purchased at an auction to pull the 6.0 out of and put into a truck that needed a 6.0 so i sold it under the um may or may not work yeah may or may not work and i think i got like 3350 for that trans so this one still i can actually literally drive someone down the road and show them the trans works so call it 450 yeah 500 bucks so so that means your manual swap just dropped in that much money and you have that much more to put into the truck that's true that's true (laughs) the only other thing is i will most likely have to have the drive shafts, uh, the rear drive shaft short or lengthened, and the front drive shaft shortened. Um, I have seen that there's a couple guys, and I'm still trying to do some research. And of course, I can find this by just measuring some stuff at junkyards. There's a couple different lengths of the drive shaft depending on which year and which trans the Super Duty had. Yeah. Um, fortunately, they all bolt in the same. That was my next question: Is are the yoke or the uh, the U joints? As far all the same? as I know. Gotcha. So uh, that's the nice thing about Super Duty is they kept a lot of that stuff pretty universal. Nice. And um, so I'm, you know, I may get lucky and say, okay, well. My my stock 5R110 drive shafts aren't going to work, but maybe the ones from an old E4OD or from a ZF6 truck or something are going to yeah. work. It's hard to find them from a ZF6 truck because those trucks are pretty rare to start well, with. I don't know but... if our buddy Lucas still has that massive pile of drive shafts, but he might have something he can use too. Uh, he doesn't have any Ford. I have a couple Ford Super Duty ones, but he, oh. he wouldn't. So, But, I mean, worst case, I get them shortened and lengthened. And, yeah. You know, especially if I – and back to your question, do I plan on lifting the truck? Not for the engine and trans, but um, the uh, I do plan on – probably eventually doing a three or four inch lift and maybe running like 37 nice. or something no i was just in the point of you, you you could lower it and that would help your angle and everything and give you that clearance but if you got the clearance then that part's irrelevant yeah i'm, I'm hoping that it fits i i could not find anyone i'm sure it's been done but i could not find anyone that's run a g56 behind a cummins in a super duty yet so there you go. You're another pioneer here. <laughs> we'll find out. I mean, like I said, I'm sure someone's done it. Yeah. Um, I just am probably maybe the first one. I may diagram it out this time. I'm not yeah. really active on forums. So if I do it, maybe we'll do it through a YouTube series or something. Another thing yeah. is, is I did look on eBay and uh, 
even core six fours that are rebuildable sell for a decent amount of money. I might, by the time I sell the engine and the trans that are in the 08, I might recoup the purchase cost of the truck and the uh, two trucks. Go. I'm nice. hoping I do. Or if there's anything I can use off either of these, but I don't think there is. Um, well, the Dodge is, the Dodge truck has got a Dana 70 full floater rear in it. Um, mm. It's got the big 1450 drive shaft in the back of it. Uh, the Dodge otherwise is pretty beat up and pretty yeah. rotted. There's not a lot of great stuff on it. Yeah. Um, it does have a decent hood and grill and some doors and stuff, so I'll probably... Yeah. Part out a little bit for anybody that's yeah. really doing a second gen, but there's nothing of big money there. It's you know it's stuff that's like you know twenty bucks, fifty bucks here and there. Yeah, you know? so I've run into some fun problems on uh, my project. Hmm. So Pegasus for the moment is uh, still out of commission. Oh geez. Uh, well, all the power steering fittings, the angled fitting I used on the gearbox, right, was 120 degree fitting. It's only a couple companies that make those in a power steering rating with the line that I was running. I can't get the one I needed anymore, so I had to switch brands and get an entirely new line assemblies, hoses, ends, everything. So I did. And they're really, really, really nice. They're really easy to work with. They went together beautifully, quickly. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, except what I didn't account for, the ones that I were using were like ultra high or ultra low clearance, like really tight, small stuff. Okay. So when I started to put everything back together... I couldn't get the grill to go down enough to bolt up to the fenders because it was sitting on the power steering fittings. What I didn't account for, the new line is a larger diameter mm -hmm. versus the original, and the fittings are even larger diameter to accommodate those. That's not ultra-low clearance, then. I know that because I switched brands because I can't get the other fittings anymore. Oh, the ones you had were ultra-low clearance. The originals I ran, yeah. Can you just cut the grill? Yeah, that, that's what I have to do. The problem is I got to remove radiator, radiator fan, power, or uh, the oil uh, cooler, the coolant jug, <clears throat> uh, headlight. The entire thing has to come out. Are you running a body lift on that thing? Oh, God, no. I mean, what about putting a one-inch like hockey puck lift on it? Would that just clear all that stuff a little better? Being that most of the body mounts are rotted out, no. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, and the mounts actually in the front are solid enough it would work, but all the tub mounts behind it are... Well, just lift, body lift the front then. You could be like one of those S10s that drives around where the fenders are up in the high, up in the air, but the, you know... Or Such a bad joke I want to make, old Chevy, after show content only. You've seen the Chevy trucks where they're just like bent at the cowl and the, the, the front end sits up higher? It's mm -hmm. a common Chevy rod out thing. No, it's it's a stupid thing that people need to stop. Doing. No, I'm not talking about like people. Do, I'm saying the <laughs> truck rotted so bad that oh, it actually oh, oh, bent okay, in the middle. Right, that's different. Like, I'm not talking about those people who do that crap intentionally. Those are the trucks we need to send to the hashtag Stop the Hollywood Destruction. Well, thing. wait a minute. So you're talking about? We can talk about that in this episode. Let's talk about this. So unless you had something else you want to talk about with this this thing with the Jeep. Oh no! Essentially, I was just gonna get at. I, I took the front bumper off and. I'm looking at the quality of material remaining just in the front. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I'm going to make it to winter. Mm. See, that's uh, where I was with the excursion. It's just... It's getting real questionable, and I was looking under it. Even with all the oil that's leaking and draining back, Yeah, it's getting real sketchy. Sketchy to my standards, which are sketchy to be time to re it. Time to get the XJ on the road or something. And that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a little change at work because, you know, I gotta t I'm going to... Tell my boss you need to schedule me that one less day a week because if you want me to keep coming in, 
I need a car. <laughs> Just tell me you need more money so you can buy a car. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to pay me enough to be able to do that. Mm. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to be talking to him because straight up, dude, you want me to keep coming in? Yeah, I've been borrowing the truck, but it's got a gas leak when you fill it to a full tank. Gotcha. When you stop at a, you know, a light, you got to roll the window down because the exhaust comes right in the cab. Not good, man. Not no, good. No, no. So it's, uh, I think I fixed the welder issue that I had. So I got to run it, check that out. But I think I'll be good to go and start just knocking stuff off the list with it. Because, I mean, I got to have it done for Wheels in the Woods anyways. Yes, you do. So. <laughs> that's that's going to be my goal this year is... Yeah. Uh, because this this is I didn't want a new project, Ooh. but I also don't want a twenty thousand dollar yeah truck payment. So we could have a race. F three fifty versus Project XJ to see what gets completed first. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, you're on. Oh, I like this. What's at stake? Case of beer. Case of beer. Bottle of bourbon. Bottle of. Hundred dollar price limit. <laughs> well, no, you can. I think, go with I our think, cheap budget shit. No, nope, I think you, I think you can do fifty or sixty dollars on this. Okay, okay. Because this is my new favorite by far. Okay. Basil Hayden Dark Rye. Okay. It's so good. I don't know what I want. <laughs> oh, okay. So well, there you go. So a bottle of bourbon. Bottle of bourbon up to a hundred dollars. Well, all right, we're, we're shaking we'll on this. at that. Wheels of the woods. Yeah. It, Titled and insured daily driver. Titled, insured. Titled and insured and on the road. Doesn't does, have to does, be a daily driver necessarily. Does it have to be painted and all that? No. So it has to be running, driving, titled, Running, driving, stopping, titled, and insured. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wheels in the Woods is the deadline. Wheels in the Woods, October 9th. Yep. Oh, so, man. We just created a bet. We just created a bet, yep. you know. Project XJ versus I don't know what I'm going to call this new eight yet. I don't want to call it just Project F350, but you know, well, I mean Project Fummins is just so overdone. It's so overdone. The yeah. Fummins thing, the the all that. So, <clears throat> um, you know, well, I'll fi- I'll figure something out. But, yeah, you know, keep keep or, or just work truck build or whatever. You know, because it oh, is going to have something fun. You know, we'll we'll figure. I don't it know. Out. Yeah, we'll we'll work on that one. <laughs> yep. So I like the idea. I like the yeah. idea. Uh, I did want, so you were talking about the trucks, though, there briefly. Did you see that the state of North Carolina has officially banned the Carolina squat? I didn't. The trucks that, so where the rear is lower, the front is higher, they have officially passed legislation. Oh, hell yeah. Where if you lower the back of your truck... And so people are freaking out because they're like, oh, this means that there you can't modify any truck or any car or this and that. No, <laughs> they specifically lay it out where they said, if you lower the back of the vehicle, I think it's more than two inches and raise the front more than four inches. So you have to do both. That is illegal. And Good. And so cause people, the problem is they're having people rear end people all the time because they're driving <laughs> around and they can't see over their hood. Good. And I hope they get ticketed and fined like crazy. Yeah. Good. So the Carolina squat. Um, I thought that was what, called the California rake. In cars, in it? cars, it's called the California rake. Oh, I didn't know there's a difference. In yeah. um, in the old hot rods and stuff like oh, that. Okay. And of course, on some of the car pages I'm on, people are like, "Well, that means a California rake," and blah blah blah. And, this Good. and, that. and it's like, "Well, stupid. listen, I'm like the California rake." Um, really was is much milder than the Carolina squat. The California oh, okay. rake usually, you were talking about like a '50s car. 
that they had put a straight axle for drag racing in, and they were only raising the front like maybe two or three inches. And the rear was usually at stock height. Oh, okay. So you were slightly... That's not as no, bad. Even, well, my 56 Chevy that I used to have, when I got it, had a California Grake mm. because the front had higher coil springs in it. I personally didn't care for the look, so I actually cut two coils off the coil spring. Nice. And, well, I didn't cut them. I torched them. I, I, back then, I had a buddy that did it for me. He just did it with him in the car. And just <laughs> 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 So, hey, it worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked. But, it's only uh, stupid if it doesn't work. I yeah, don't know. It's not stupid if it works. The, the, that's the phrase. You know, and that's here's the thing. And all these guys, I've been talking to a bunch of my car buddies online and a couple of the, the Facebook pages and, and groups and stuff like that. And they're like, the government needs, doesn't need to be telling us what we can do and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I'm like, listen, I'm like, I agree with you there. The government doesn't need to be telling us what to do unless we're doing something so stupid that they have, yes. that they have to step in. Yes. And that's, that's the reason here, man. It's like, so, so where does it fall? It falls back on the enthusiasts. Us as enthusiasts, our job out there. If somebody's doing something incredibly unsafe, yeah, incredible. I don't even say stupid, but it's something that's that looks stupid, quote unquote. But it's incredibly unsafe, yeah. Such as the Ca- Carolina squat. If you can't see over your hood yeah. as you're driving <laughs> around, that's unsafe. Yeah, for sure. Our job as enthusiasts is to educate those other enthusiasts, and if they and say, "Hey, man, this is not safe. You can't see over." Blah blah blah. You need to change. And if they're like, you know, because they got their flat bill hat on and they're standing there drinking their monster energy drink and they're like, What's wrong with monster? And they're like, Hey man, you know, I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want, blah blah blah. If they're it's li- just Kyle, it's okay. Yeah, if Kyle's like that, then what you do is, you know, then our job as enthusiasts is to shame them and oh, make yes, fun of yes, them. Yes, agree. Because, you know, that's where you're gonna get shame. It's, as bad as that sounds, sometimes you have to self regulate in a hobby yeah. or in an industry. If you don't self regulate and you get people to go because then they're they're influencing um, young kids, and young kids yeah. don't really. It's no different than you know, you know these guys in the four x four community. They're like, oh, I want this big jacked up truck, and so they go and they put six inch lift blocks in the front, Ugh. and they hit the first pothole and they shear off, and the axle folds up under the vehicle and they wreck, and yeah. you know they die sometimes. You got to be, you're in the community, you're an ambassador yeah. of the community. You say, hey, listen, I get that you want to have a big jacked up truck, but you the way to right. have the back, big jacked yeah. up truck is you got to do the suspension. Here's how you lift it. Here's how you do it correctly. The Carolina squad thing, I don't get. I mean, I don't know what they're going for. It's like, okay, well, you can only afford the front lift kit right now. Maybe before doing that, you need to save up for the rear lift kit. Yeah. I, but that's unfortunately not what they're doing. It's no. just a look. But there's even a Facebook page which I love called "Hey Pal, you forgot to lift the back of your truck," <laughs> and you just tag them in it whenever you You've see. Been, some... We've been talking about some wild Facebook pages lately. Yeah, it's like Photoshop but with a welder one. Oh yeah, there's some weirdly cool stuff on that page. Yeah, dude. there is. Holy that's, crap. that's a cool page. Yeah, you know? there was a guy that put. Uh, I want to say it was. It's a CBR 450 bodywork on like a different on a higher end bike just so he could race in a different class and stuff and yeah. it was like yeah there's anyway so I digress but uh, yeah so that's what you got to do you know you go out there and you see people doing that same thing with the stretch tires you know oh, uh, that's just nasty you know these guys it's it's what stupidly it's, it's one thing to want the big rims and to have the 24s the 28s whatever it is. 
Um, you know, and fine, if you want the Band-Aid tires, go ahead and buy the Band-Aid tires, but make sure they're the right width yeah. for your rims. When you start doing the stretch thing where you put an 8-inch tire on a 10-inch rim or a 9-inch tire on a 14-inch rim to stretch out those sidewalls because you think it looks cool. You're an idiot. It's Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one, it's not cool. Two... Um, those things, they just had a guy on 696. I don't know. Did you see the pictures of that? It was Mm-mm. three or four weeks ago. There was a guy with a, I think it was a jacked up Ram. Might've been a Silverado, a white truck, beautiful looking truck, but he had stretch tires on it on some mm-hmm. big old donk rims, you know, 24s or something like that. He hit a pothole on 696, um, doing about 70 Ooh. and took out both passenger side tires that came right off the rim. <laughs> Imagine that. Exactly. And he ended up going into the wall and hit another car. Now, fortunately, everyone was okay, Yeah. but only with an inch of their life. I mean, Jeez. it was like he caused a hellacious pile up and everything because he's running stretch tires on these wide-ass rims. And, yeah. you know, sorry, man. If you're he, doing one thing in the yard to get, you know, rollers to move something around, you do what you got to do. That's, exactly. That's one thing, but, you know, it, it, it comes back to safety ratings like that. They're there for a pretty significant reason. They are. And, you know, there's a lot of people that lost their lives to make that rule. And it's kind of spitting in their grave, you know, to do something exactly. like that. Exactly. I'm, I'm not about government inter- inter- intervention, but, you know, if, you, if you're going to be so stupid with your hobby yeah. that the government has to step in, you know, that's the problem. So, if, if you're taking it and interacting with something that could affect the lives of other people, get the hell off the road. Exactly. Point in case. If you're not going to be safe about it. And you know, you do get, I, I think a great example of this, great example of this is the rat rod crowd. Mm-hmm. The rat rod crowd, they build some stuff that look like jalopies and look unsafe. They're rusty and they've got, yeah. they've got crap welded to them, old wrenches and this and that. But if you look at a quality rat rod build, oh yeah, the suspension is on point. The yeah. steering is on point. The brakes are excellent. These guys aren't going around running a bunch of sketchy stuff there. No. They're putting the money where it's important. Exactly. And and so that's what's, what they're doing. What's looking bad is what doesn't matter. And they're very good at self-regulating it. I was oh, on yeah. one of the rat rod pages I was on. This guy was trying to build something, and he was doing this and this and this. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was about a half a dozen people that jumped on right away, and they're like, man... They're like, that brake setup that you have on that thing is unsafe. They're like, you know, you might think it looks cool, but you need to change out this, this, and this, and this. And the guy got a little defensive, and they're like, listen. They're like, you are trying to run around. You want to be able to drive this thing. You know, if you want our cars to be illegal, then you keep running crap like that. Yeah. You know, there's ways you can change it where you still have the look. Yeah. But That's how you get the one guy that ruins it for everybody. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it, you know. And, um, you know, and you see that in the four by four world where guys start, you know, just running tractor supply, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, heim joints and stuff for their steering and, yeah. and, you know, just doing sketchy weld up stuff on their steering. If it's off road only and not in any sort of race or high speed ever on different. Exactly. Yeah. But, so, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that, but, uh, you know, man, um, I'm excited for my new project. I'm excited for your XJ. Um, our be- our bet so. stands. Our bet stands. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Know. As witness in this episode, we're we're um, yeah. I mean, we're good. Okay. So just hundred uh, percent. Basil Hayden's dark. You said. 
Basil Hardin's Dark Rye. Dark Rye. Okay. Or I'll change it up at that point. I'll just find a, a bourbon that's ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> just get get my money's worth out of this thing. I'm I'm probably good with just some Buffalo Trace, honestly. What's that stuff like? Forty bucks a bottle. Uh the the fifth is like thirty thirty five, depending where you go. We're gonna have some fun with this. One. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna write... find something crazy. I don't know. I know there's one that's like brewed under dis, um, like aged in barrels underwater. It's called like ocean or something. <laughs> uh, Jefferson's Ocean. Uh, yeah. It's actually not underwater, but it's uh, in there. Uh, I think we need to use a hashtag. Unless somebody else is using it, we might have to change it up. But hashtag the Great Bourbon Race. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, something like that. We'll start doing our builds and stuff there. Yeah. I like it. I'm not that competitive, but I'm kind of coming to a bottle of booze, you know. I'm a cheap bastard, so that's my motivation. <laughs> you better get that thing to wheels in the woods, man. I, I, beyond that motivation, I need it because I don't know how much longer the Wrangler is going to hold out. Being perfectly oh. honest, dude, that frame is getting what I did not repair on the frame is getting sketchy. Mm. Which you'd think what I repaired would be sketchy first. <laughs> You never know, man. I went way overboard with that repair, and I got to... I mean, you know, it just makes sense at this point. From where I need to cut, coincidentally, on my frame back is bad. You know, I, I got to find that LJ. Cut, weld, repeat. <laughs> cut, weld, repeat. That's all yep. you need to do, man. Yep. So, well, John, with that being said, uh, unless you got anything else... No, I think that's pretty much it. We've talked a couple, a little bit about Wheels in the Woods. Man. I do want to mention to folks, October 9th, 2021... Um, so if you're listening to this podcast four years from now, um, you're going to need to find a time machine, but well, no, just listen a couple episodes on and you'll hear how it went and who won the race. You will. And then yeah. you'll also find out what wheels in the woods, you know, hopefully by 2024, 2025, we're going to have a thousand people there. We'll see. That would be awesome. Um, but wheels in the woods, 2021, October 9th, and it's in Clay Township, Michigan. If you go to Facebook and you just type in wheels in the woods, 2021, you will come up to the page for it. Please click that you are coming to it or you're interested just so we kind of get a head count of who's all coming. And actually come out, of course. And actually come out for sure. <laughs> with, with friends and vehicles. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it is a fundraiser uh, for the Museum of Off-Road Adventure. It's a $20 admission fee for the vehicle. Spectators are free. So uh, if you're bringing a vehicle in to be judged uh, and to get a potential placard, um, you know, it's 20 bucks. So, And that all goes 100% of proceeds are going to the museum. Yeah. Um, we want to see you there for for sure, folks. And speaking of the museum, uh, John and I are both involved with the Museum of Off-Road Adventure. Uh, we both sit on the board there. Uh, that's in Clay Township, Michigan. It is the you know, world... there's not actually a board, though. We just sit on chairs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I can make a board. Please. Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> can we make it a round board? Oh, then we can call it a round table. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <Sorry. laughs> so then, um, but anyways, we have... Uh, um, a beautiful museum there. It's growing every single day. We actually just got an awesome donation. Um, uh, I'm going to say a first name, not a last name, but her name's Nancy. Her husband, unfortunately, passed away. Gave us a couple of boxes of toy Jeeps, some of them very vintage, some of them cool. very new. We're going to put them on the shelves in there. It'll be one of our newest displays. Plus, we just recently got the hovercraft. Um, people keep donating things to the museum. It's been a great thing. And um, we want you to come down and check out the museum. 
and that's at uh, 8061 Marsh Road in Clay Township, Michigan. Uh, we are very, very soon, probably by the time this podcast airs, we're going to have announced an opening date uh, post-COVID here. But uh, for the time being, if you would like to make a reservation to come down and see it, 877-FWD-MORA, M-O-R-A. Uh, you can call up and you can make an appointment to come see the museum for a private tour. Um, and one more thing, um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we have accounts for both the Museum of Off-Road Adventure and for Whelan. So you can find both of them by just searching for Whelan with W-H-E-E-L-N apostrophe, no G. And uh, the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, make sure to follow us on all of those platforms or whatever platform you prefer. We prefer you follow us on all of those platforms. But, uh, John, with that being said. Uh, Absolutely. You know, the whole, what is it, like, subscribe, share, follow thing, do all of that for the Museum of Offer Adventure. And for us, too. You know, make sure you, you like and subscribing to the podcast. Hopefully you like, you know, more than just this episode. Oh, yeah, I've heard of the podcast. Or you're going to make us sad and cry <laughs> and drink our bourbon in the corner without ice because <laughs> we're sad and don't care. Yeah. And Al is lost. But <laughs> Oh, jeez. Anyways, yeah, check us out there. Uh, you can interact with us a little bit more if you want to on uh, Facebook, our 4x4 Talk page. Just type 4x4talk into your search bar. Search that up. A couple quick questions get you on the page. Post back and forth with us, pictures, comments, questions, anything you want to do there. Share with us your build, your thoughts. You know, what do you want to hear more on the show? What don't you want to hear? Unfortunately, you will always hear Keith and I. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Nope. <laughs> so check it out. See what you think there. And if you uh, if you got a wager and you want to bet on this uh, <laughs> Keith versus Johnny Orange on XJ versus... Uh, so mind you, John's been working on his project for like 12 years now. And, uh, oh God, you know, Keith has oh. not even started this project. He just purchased <laughs> the vehicles. So uh, if you want to bet on who's going to be at Wheels in the Woods. I should tell you how much faith Keith has in my project here. <laughs> uh, so here's my bet is Keith is going to be towing Project XJ <laughs> to Wheels oh. in the Woods behind, oh. his, uh, behind his F-350. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear more into the discussion that I think we're going to get into in the after show, check us out, patreon.com slash radio. Access loves $2 a month. Gets you a lot of bonus content, some uh, exclusive after-show only stuff. Uh, we do throw a couple outtakes on there occasionally when we have some at the end of that. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think. There's a couple different tiers on there. Uh, I don't remember the price tiers off the top of my head, but different ones to get you some stickers. Shout out on the show and all that. So with that, we're going to say thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody. 